better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and they pick apart the science. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. <laughs> and I'm Michael Pace. Aw, guys, this is a podcast where we watch a movie every two weeks. It's, I don't know, it seems like every day. Uh, and then we talk about the science that's in that movie and how good the movie was and how much we enjoyed it and how good the science was that was done by the people who made it. That is correct, Kenan. And this week, we watched the movie Alien, the original film. And you know what, guys? I know we do the ratings at the end, but boy, am I glad we watched a good movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> for God's sake. In space, no one can hear the, the yells you do. Exactly. In space, no one can hear the Bubble Boy scream all the way from California. <laughs> oh, God. That movie is like a curse. <laughs> this is a real palate cleanser, I have to say, after watching Jakey G try and unite us all under the sun. Yeah, it, it, like I feel like we watched a, um, I don't know, a few eclectic movies <laughs> the last few episodes, and uh, eclectic is a kind word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we watched some maybe off the beaten path movies, and now we're watching Alien. So it was good, and you know what? We should jump into the episode, but I guess before we do, pace. Before we do disclaimers, that, there are some important disclaimers that are. Boy and patron Matthew Lacari is going to outline for you today mm-hmm. on our lovely. Pl- uh, damn it! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> no, you've Fuck. got it. Keep going. Keep going. One on take. One take. One take. Program. Take it away, boobs. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. You are listening to the real science cast, where these three doctors are about to analyze the science and films that you request. You're about to hear some dirty, dirty words, and it is not safe for children. Seriously. They're about to use the words like clitorious and sperm. So strap the fucking cowboys and cowgirls and you gender neutral cows. Yeah! Oh, thank you. Thank you, Boogs, and thank you. Thank you, Pace. And thank you, Sean. And thank you, Sigourney Reaver. Thank you, Kenan. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Thanks, thank you, Sigourney. Thank you, John Hurt. Thank you. Uh, I don't. I don't remember who else is. Thank you, Skrillex. <laughs> was he? Was he in this? He was. Yeah, he was the writer. He was the writer. Yeah, the head writer, Skrillex. In 1979, Skrillex. No, it was Skrillex Senior. Skrillex Senior was. Mm-hmm. In this no, movie. It, was, it was the father of Skrillex. Yeah, the father of Skrillex, who also was known. He he, he calls himself. He calls himself Prometheus. I was the dub master like my father before me and his father before him. And we have been (laughs) dubbing and wubbing for 300 years now. (laughs) The dubs have been in the family for generations. Only Skrillex came along and started wubbing. And we didn't like it very much when he abandoned the dub. Wubbing? Ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Sean? I was... I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes page when you started, so I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to shit on your improv sketch. Yeah, but you, I, uh... It's okay. It wasn't great, I guess. Ruined, ruined the bit. <laughs> it's over. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's guys. It's, it's fine. Right. We should we should get we should get to it. We've done we've done enough fucking around. I want to yeah, talk anyways, about anyway, Skrillex is in this one. So <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. No one expected to see him either. All right, we have to stop babbling about uh, about electronic artists. We got to do it. We got to do this movie. We got to do this. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to do the do. Uh what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to roll dice. Uh I think Pace did the one last week, I believe. Uh, Pace did do the plot last week, so Ken and we are squaring off okay, in cool. the fucking Thunderdome. Yeah, and you fucking two men enter and one man is going to leave. And the one that leaves, I guess, was the one that didn't have to do the plot summary of the film. Exactly. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I've got my die. All right. I got my die also. Okay. Here we go. Ooh. How'd we do? 
I got an 18. I got a 13. Hey, Shawnee boy. So I guess I have to do the plot, huh? Yeah, you sure do, bud, 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 bud. Damn it. Well, I saw the whole movie, so this will be easy. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I didn't watch... I only watched half of it, so... <laughs> Kenan fucking Rock and Roll Smith came up to record a podcast and was like, you know what? I've only seen half the movie, but I'll be fine. I'm sure I won't have to do the plot. In all fairness, <laughs> I've seen the first half of the movie 31 times, and I've seen the full movie 30 times, so I think it would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. think you would have been fine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would not be, but enough stalling. I guess I should go into the plot. Fucking crush it for us. All right, so the background of this like space voyage that takes place in the movie is not really disclosed to you. All that we really know as the audience, to set the scene, is that there is a crew of people in cryosleep on a spaceship working for some corporation and i believe they're harvesting some sort of like mineral or like resource from planets and trafficking it trafficking it back to earth so we we joined the crew um halfway on their return journey home when they are abruptly woken up from cryosleep mm-hmm. the reason this happens is because the computer which they term mother that is like the i guess the motherboard computer that is sort of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in charge of their mission helps manage everything oh wakes them out of she's cryo. A, a supercomputer she's yeah a it's like a supercomputer massive AI. it's called motherboard mother because it's the mother aboard the ship <laughs> i'm sure that it. that's what they were thinking when they we filmed solved this. it I thought it was because it gave the, the computer gave birth to everybody on the ship. The computer is the mom of all the the baby that, crew members. That can't be right. That they it's came the, out of her I, ship. No, Please, I don't know how else it could have made any sense. No, I don't think that's right. I think okay, that, mm, agree to disagree. I think mm. that carbon begets carbon, and okay, mm. and synthetic materials beget synthetic materials. That's what my mom always told me whenever I was a child. Oh, so child, the, children. The tree, the 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 ship made androids. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'm gonna keep going because we're about five seconds into the movie. Okay, <laughs> we're doing it. Okay, I'm so, proud of us. So we'll just uh, that's just food for thought for the audience. You can think about if the crew members were born of yeah. this computer or Take not. Take that home with you. Chew on it. And then make mm-hmm. sure you save some for the next morning, because honestly, cold food right out of the fridge is some of the best breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Kenan, uh, the acid's really kicking in, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> 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 um, okay. So, the supercomputer wakes them up mm-hmm. partway through their journey, and it's because the ship has detected a... They don't know if it's a distress beacon or what, but they've detected some sort of radio signal from an unknown location, and their company's policy is that it needs to be investigated because it could be a potential life form or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, the crew is woken up, and they essentially have to, even though this is not what they normally do, they have to um, do a little side mission where they go land on this planet's surface and investigate the distress signal so there's six people in the crew Mm -hmm. they have wild names they only go by their last names i guess Mm -hmm. um and so three of the crew members i believe it's klein dallas and kane oh kane okay kane dallas and someone starts with an l uh kane dallas Uh, and lambert Lambert. lambert kane played by john hurt dallas played by tom scarrett and Lambert, played by Veronica Cartwright. Mm-hmm. These three go Kings. on the away Kings. team, while the other three stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. And the away team essentially goes uh, on foot to uh, check out the stress signal. So they land on this planet's surface. They incur some minor injuries to their ship, which basically just makes steam and fog shoot everywhere out yeah. of pipes that are all over the ship. Yeah, it was very much a Star <laughs> Trek ship, ship damage moment. Yeah, yeah, like like a blaster beam hits the hull and just like steam is flying everywhere mm-hmm. in the ship. Basically, yeah, some like, sparks fly across the. Yeah, exactly. The craziest part. We can get into this a little more later, but the craziest part is there's like a slow motion shot of the spaceship landing for like five minutes, mm-hmm. and it basically just like lands on a slightly like uneven surface, and then just steam just starts pouring out of the fucking ship. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I have no idea how. Anyways, the away team discovers. Uh, an alien life form. 
So basically they find like a fossil of some alien and they're like, oh shit, there's an alien. He looks like he died. I wonder what happens. And they look through the ship and they find that there are a series of these like egg pod looking things. They mm-hmm. don't know that they're eggs. Uh, what's his name? Klein? Kane? Kane. Kane. Kane, the Kane. Uh, science officer, right? Kane. Mm. One of the science officers no. goes to no. He's not a science officer. Yeah, he was wait, a science actually, officer. He might have been. I don't. I he apologize. Was chief, chief science Maybe. officer on the according to mother. Oh, chief, yeah, Kenan. chief executive science officer. But you're close. So Kane goes to check out these pods, and one of these egg pods hatches, and a fucking like face sucking face xenomorph, a face sucker, flies out <laughs> and just attaches to his face. Mm-hmm. That, that's where everything starts getting pretty fucking wild. So Dallas brings him back to the ship, Dallas and Lambert, because they're like, we can't just leave him out here. Like, we got to try and save him. Mm-hmm. And Sigourney Weaver's like, listen, you're going to endanger us all by bringing this thing on here. But they do it anyways. Um, because the other science officer, whose name is... Ash. Ash. Oh, sorry. That's Holm. who I was thinking of. It's Ash. No. Yeah. No, you're right, though. They're both science officers. I guess they I are. I was wrong. Ash lets them onto the ship. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. they start studying the face sucker. Uh, they determine that they try and like cut it off of Kane, and it starts leaking acid blood all over the place, and it's literally just tearing through layers of their ship from like a few drops. They like analyze its skin composition. We'll talk about that a little more. And essentially, after like twenty four hours, the face sucker's just gone, and Kane just like wakes up. They find mm-hmm. the face sucker like on the ship, but it seems to be dead. Don't you um, don't you hate John, it when the alien that you bring on board just starts leaking acid blood everywhere? Mm-hmm. It's the worst, right? And doesn't clean up like, after himself. Like yeah. you're in our ship, can you show a little bit of decency? Yeah. At least use a paper, like pick up a paper towel if you're going to do that, and like clean up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, or like a wet nap. I'm sure know, that would have done a lot of good. I need you to know that they're called face huggers. Like they're 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 called face huggers, not face suckers. Mm-mm. No, I like face suckers more. Mm-mm. Okay, right. well, it's your description. I don't want. I kind of like, like face suckers, Kenan. So the so the face hugger oh, puts its face sucker on the person. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they kiss him. Kiss they kiss. Yeah, it's really re- very sensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the face hugger oh. is dead. Kane wakes up. And everyone's like, whoa, shit, you gave us a big scare there. Like, you were in a coma. This thing was stuck on your face for fucking 24 hours. And he's like, yeah, I feel thank great. God I'm better. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. Let's eat. <laughs> so everyone's rejoicing. Everyone's like, okay, I guess, guess we dodged a bullet here. Let's all eat some food. And then we'll start a return trip home. And uh, in the middle of the meal, Kane just starts screaming and convulsing. And he's laid out on the table because they think he's choking. And they're trying to hold him down. And then a baby xenomorph just pops out of his fucking stomach. Man, you described that in a way that the movie did not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait, a, what did I do? There's what? a solid three minutes of John Hurt screaming on the dinner table while blood shot everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, I'm just trying to hit the cliff notes here. <laughs> like, Hello, my baby. Okay, Hello, the, my here, the subtext nice, for this nice. is that it's very graphic while all of this is happening. It's great. It's very good. Uh, and then the baby xenomorph just fucking like speed racers out of the goddamn room, <laughs> like yeah. as fast as possible. Me, 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 me. Um, and then the rest of the movie is basically everybody else on the ship just trying to track down and capture the xenomorph because it just killed their friend and they're worried that it's dangerous. Um, and, th- and guess what? As they're you would. Right. <laughs> yeah, they are correct. Yeah. So. They end up splitting up into multiple groups in like classic horror movie fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, they get picked off sort of one by one. And Sigourney Weaver is having words with Ash, who's the science director. And she's asking him like, hey, you know, why did you let this thing fucking onto the ship? Even though I told you not to. I told you that we had to be in quarantine. Like you've been taking liberties with how you're going to study this stuff. Um, so as all their crew members are dying... Sigourney Weaver gets to go talk to the mother computer because she's now in charge of the ship because the captain gets killed. And what's the other guy's name? Like Ray or Roy or something? Ron? Oh, um... Fucking guy with the hat. 
who's smoking cigarettes all the time on a spaceship. <laughs> Wasn't that Parker? Oh, <laughs> uh, Parker? Yeah. No, it's not Parker. It's, it's the other Parker. guy. Parker saves uh, Ripley. Parker is one of the last to go. Mm-hmm. Brett. His name's Brett. His Brett. Name's Brett. Oh, yeah. He Brett is. does die. Okay. So, yeah. Basically, after all these people start dying, Ripley, who is played by Sigourney Weaver, talks to the mother computer and finds out that there's a secret directive that was given to Ash, the scientist. Mm-hmm. And it says to prioritize bringing this life form back at any cost, regardless of the life or death of the crew members. And it turns out that Ash is not actually a human. He is a robot placed there by their corporation that they work for in order to ensure that this life form gets back to Earth. They suspect it's because whoever this corporation is wants to study this species for like a weapon the wayland yutani corporation they're like assholes for basically the entire series okay perfect good to hey. know so apparently ash the robot runs on milk i don't understand mm-hmm. why oh yeah androids <laughs> in this universe are full of milk actually it's fucking really weird it makes your like, bones really strong. really really weird it's actually like way more horrifying than him just being a robot like yeah exactly so, like it's 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 all oh, like it's fucking i would agree milk with and like chicken parts in there it's not great <laughs> it's fucking terrifying mm-hmm, so basically mm-hmm. sigourney weaver a- ash tries to kill sigourney weaver because he realizes that she's trying to kill the xenomorph and they basically the the remaining crew members like parker and lambert and ripley they come in and save sigourney weaver from being attacked by ash and they tear him apart and realize he's a robot and they cut his head off and everything, but he's still connected. And they sort of do an interrogation scene where there's just milk pouring out of his face while he's talking. Mm-hmm. It's fucking horrifying. I was, <laughs> it was terrifying. I <laughs> so, really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, it, was, it was, it was very unpleasant to watch, but also I couldn't look away. Mm-hmm. Um, Understandable. And he basically tells them like, this thing is a fucking killing machine. So good luck. Because you're probably going to die. Have a good time. I'm Bilbo Baggins. Then the rest of the movie is them trying to kill the Xenomorph. <laughs> Basically, uh, everybody dies except Ripley, who puts the ship on a self-destruct sequence and escapes onto a shuttle. And as she's flying away, the space station they're on blows up and she thinks like, okay, I'm in the clear. I made it. But turns out the Xenomorph made it onto the shuttle with her and she ends up uh, ejecting it through an airlock in order to finally make sure she's rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is how the movie ends, with Sigourney Weaver just like documenting the log of how everybody died from this alien, and she's flying back towards the corporation trying to get picked up. She does murder the alien, though, because the alien tries she to... She fucking like, gets him. Yeah. She gets him. He tries to get back on the shuttle. Yeah, sure does. Like sure with does. a grappling gun like cable, but then it is like, oh, I'm going to get in one of those engines, and Ripley says, no, I'm going to turn it on. And then it dies. And, and it burns him. This It's funny because... So I think I saw this movie a really long time ago. But I think I blocked out most of it because I was probably terrified of it when I was a kid. But now... have So I was terrified of every single movie with a villain before age like 13. Yeah, that's not surprising. Every single movie with mm. a villain. That's most movies, Sean. And- the thing is, while watching the movie, I was like, this is cool. And then I would go to sleep and have a terrible dream about Wait, the so villain like, of the movie. Uh, most movies have an antagonist. Like, did the clown, the 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 birthday clown from Airbud, fuck you up? I don't even remember what you're talking about. All I know is that the clown <laughs> from Brave Little Toaster was really fucked up. Did Paul Giamatti from Big Fat Liar give you nightmares? <laughs> no, because he like got his the entire time. You know, like he was never in a position he of did, power in the entire movie. That's a good point. That's a good point. He was made embarrassed throughout the entire film, so they made it. They humanized him. Malcolm in the middle was very mean to him. Yeah, yeah, and Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Amanda Bynes. I'm wasn't pretty it? sure I at that time they were kind of interchangeable. Think it so was I'll, Hillary I'll give, Duff. I'll give you both the pass. I don't I... think it was Hillary Duff. There's no way it was Hillary Duff. <laughs> Can we move on? I think. Yeah, but I kind of, I kind of do though. Yeah, hold on. All right, we're still doing. It was this. not Hillary Duff, wow. dude. In this uh, Big I Fat Liar right. 2002. It was Amanda Bynes. Fuck. <laughs> Starring Amanda, Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes oh and Frankie Oh my God, Mendes there's a sequel to Big and, Fat Liar. Uh, yeah, Big Fat Liar 2. No, it's called Bigger, it's Fatter. Called big, Fatter Liar. Yeah, of course. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Sean, yeah. Sean, 
You're 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 thinking of Agent Cody Banks, you're right. which was Frankie Muniz and, and Hillary right. Duff. I was thinking of Agent Cody Banks. Where's Frankie Muniz now? I don't know. He's. I think he looks the same, Is doesn't he? he? He still looks 14. I'm pretty sure Frankie Muniz doesn't act anymore because he was in like a pretty bad car accident. Oh, no. Oh, now we feel awful because we're obligated to. (laughs) Well, that's not the way that you say that, but okay. Yeah, that's like a very weird way of putting that. Look at him. Actually, he looks, no, no, he still looks like a baby. Look at that baby. Yeah, he looks great. He, well, he looks okay. I mean, he looks (laughs) big fat. I mean, he looks great for, you know, a child actor. You know what I mean? Like he, he looks good. Oh, he's thirty-three. He's like basically our age. He's, oh, no, he's five five. God. No. Oh my god, he's he's a tiny. He's so short. Baby Muniz. Oh no wonder he got in a car wreck. Okay. okay, man, I'm gonna have to cut a lot out of this episode, huh? He was like into racing, I think. Like he got in like a race car wreck. Like, oh wait, okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, he's listen. No, no. Pace, I need you to contrast with how mean you've been about how much more badass Frankie Muniz is than you are. He's probably a lot more badass than I am. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much one of the worst. One of the worst and least impressive humans. Well, okay, that's not. You're going too far so, in the other direction. That's also not true. You asked me to de- self-deprecate. I'm going to self-deprecate. Did, did too too bad a job. Too good a job. I really, I really love the direction this is going, but I'm worried it'll spoil our next episode on Big Fat Liar if we keep talking about it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Wait, fuck. I thought we were doing Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> Maybe we should save some for our like Frankie Muniz rock block of mm-hmm. like Agent Cody Banks, Big Fat Liar back to back. You know. Okay. All right, that makes for sense. For our, our, our fall series, Muniz and Autumn, which is what we were planning on doing. <laughs> Muniz and... You- <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I finished the movie summary, so we should probably do our thing where we talk Going about the, the science. science. Yeah, I we guess talk we about the science. I agree. I know what I want to talk about first. Specifically. What? I want to talk about how realistic the... I was very impressed with H.R. Geiger's work and how realistic the aliens are in this movie, the Xenomorphs. Does anybody have anything to say about how good the xenomorphs looked? Um, as far as I know, they look like xenomorphs look. Well, aren't the, aren't they specific to this universe, Kenan? So they look how they're supposed to look. No, they're no, they're real. Is xenomorphs are real, and that's why I don't this know is a if documentary. that's true. Can we, Kenan, we do a goddamn science podcast. Can we talk about how realistic the aliens were, Sean? Do you have material prepared? Okay, I have something that so. Mm-hmm. Uh, as everybody who's seen the movie probably knows, there's not a lot of science in this movie. Wow. But there are some science-adjacent terms that are just fucking thrown around willy-nilly when they, are, <laughs> when they are uh, examining the facehuggers. And I would like to read, not read, say a few of them right now. So when they cut into the facehugger, its blood comes out and it just sizzles right through the hull of the fucking ship that they're on. And it's true. when they're talking about it, they say, have you ever seen anything like this? And I believe Dallas says, no, but it reminds me of molecular acid or something like that. He says the word molecular acid. And I he just says, wanted to... I've only seen, yeah, he's like, it's, I've only ever seen something this strong with uh, in molecular acid or something like that. Like he references it like it's real. Right. So like it's a famous yeah, thing. Just, right. Just a full disclosure. Molecular acid. No one has ever referred to acid as molecular acid. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and my cousin, fan of the show, actually was watching this movie and pointed that out. She was like, you guys should do this because they fucking call it molecular acid in this movie. So, I mean, to be fair... It's not, it's not like an intrinsically wrong thing. Like it would be like saying, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, it would be like saying organic humans. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of yeast bread. This, yes, these are, this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've never seen, I've only seen this uh, in nut almonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almond right. Nuts. Like, sure. Everything's made of fucking molecules, I guess. So you're just, yes. kinda, well, not yes. everything, but you know, most things are made of molecules. So. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, matter is. Well, and there's, I mean, there are things that lead to, well, first off, blood is not acidic. Okay, yeah. So no, so right. I think we should talk about, aside like, from the crazy terminology, right? Like, is it even possible to have blood that's really acidic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's possible to have blood that is relatively yeah, acidic. But it's not good for you. really acidic. Because I think, like, if you're made of... Not, c- like, corrosively right, acidic. like, if you're made of cells, then acid will destroy them. So, like, you need to... That's correct. You need yes, to correct. not have too much acid in your blood. Um, like, human blood... Organic life, yes. Organic life and human blood has a pH 
of 7.4, which is neutral-ish, slightly basic blood. They do say in the movie, when they find the egg pods, they're like, it looks like organic life. So... Right. Ergo, ergo, it would not have acidic blood. It would not. Yeah. It just would not. I'm, oh, they're, they're, go ahead, Kenneth. I was just going to say there are a limited number of organisms on the fucking planet that are able to actually, like, even live under acidic conditions, and they're all bacteria. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. They're all, like, right. single cell organisms. Second. Well, they're not all bacteria. I guess, but, but bacteria are the best example because they live in, like, fucking pH 2 or below. Do you guys know of Which is barely any used. acid that can fucking corrode through a metal ship? Like in seconds. Yeah. Isn't it hydro hydrofluoric acid that does that? Through right? fucking metal? Uh like um, steel? Maybe not steel. I'm sure like aluminum, but like I doubt that well, actually, hold on. I don't know what their ship's made of. Yeah, that's actually a good point. We don't know. I mean there there are definitely what are known as super acids. Um typically I think these are typically like made by you mix very, very strong acids together. These are all things that can still be stored in like polytetrafluoroethylene, right? Ethylene, like they, like you can still contain some of these acids. Yeah, fucking plastic. Yeah. Um, but the, the th- only thing plastic is good for, essentially. Mm. Or no, I don't have anything. Uh, but fluoranta, <laughs> flora, ant- fluoroantimonic acid is the strongest acid on the planet. It's a super acid. You ma- you make it by mixing hydrogen fluoride and antimony pentafluoride and it like very 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 quickly dissolves things but i don't think it's on the order of fucking seconds yeah it just seems too fast like i don't think any acid it's it's like they just dropped a lightsaber through the floor and it just was like and just fucking shot through floors of the ship or something so well sean what they didn't tell you about the alien is that the aesthetic blood is also the perfect environment for storing car, uh, kyber crystals that's true so, he's got a point yeah they've got all those kyber yeah. crystals in their blood they didn't mention that the mm. the alien's midichlorian count is just off the charts mm. off the charts mm. never seen a thing like it before this young alien this young alien the space hugger could be the one that brings balance to the force to the force oh and we killed it unfortunately he pooped an egg into john hurt and then he died so well, unfortunate. that's his own fault though <laughs> Okay, okay, all right. Enough about fucking Star Wars, Kenneth. We'll do that for our Star Wars rock block after the Frankie Muniz rock block, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it in, <laughs> We'll do it at the very beginning of next year when we do Star Wars in the spring. You mentioned that a lot of the vessels for these strong acids are made of plastic, right? And I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about, like, what the aliens are actually made of because Dr. Ash, the scientist, he's studying the facehugger, um, and he basically says the skin is made of... <laughs> Carbon and then also silicone. Randomly. Didn't you say like polarized silicone? Yeah, polarized. Yes, polarized. Yeah, silicone. yeah, that's correct. Which I don't know. Like the thing is, just like naming elements is doesn't mean anything. Like you know, <laughs> like you can say like yeah, there's silicone or something, but like glass and sand both have silicone, right? But they're completely different, like structurally. Mm-hmm. So like saying like, yeah, there's carbon in something like there's carbon in a pencil and there's carbon in a diamond, you know, like it's all just, it all depends on what the structure is. So he's like, there's carbon, but silicone, it's a very rough boy or something. I don't know what he says. He says, something <laughs> yeah, wild. He says it makes a rough boy. I think he says it's a rough boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying that we can't just say science buzz terms to sound smart. Yeah, well, like, he also, saying. he just basically said more nonsense, and, like, he described things that I would assume would be torn to shreds by this acid that can tear through the hull of a ship. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So... Yeah. If it can tear through the hull of a ship, it's going to be able to tear through... The hull of a rough boy. Your, your, your carbon-based exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Likely. Exactly. Likely. But anyways, I have talked enough. You guys you have. need okay. to do some science. Tell me, please. I can I can talk a little bit about our good boys, our good rough boys that have been... Uh, <laughs> our rough, the rough boys. Our rough, boys. Our rough, rough face boys. suckers. The, the, rough, the rough and rowdy face suckers. The rough face and rowdy huggers. face the rough suckers. And God, that's, a, that's the name of our, the newest band that I've been listening to. The rough and rowdy face huggers. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're sort of like a combination of like electro disco... Uh, funk jazz. <laughs> oh, I do like electro disco funk jazz. Yeah, it's one of the best, uh, you know, recent up and coming genres of 2019. It's, re- it's really up and coming. It's really not even a thing yet, but we'll yeah, get we're there. We're sort of on I'm the cutting excited. edge. Please do me a favor and share that over Spotify with me. I would love to listen to it. 
Yeah, you can follow my you can follow my electro funk, disco jazz funk uh, playlist. It's called EFDH. J J good for this sure. Is good. You can, you can <laughs> this is good. I'm gonna keep talking if that's cool with everybody. Yeah, Kevin, I'm gonna talk about the movie. Yeah, you can go. Please cool, stop cool, cool, me. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So one of the things I did want to talk about is how realistic these aliens were, because we talked about that a little bit about how realistic they were compared to the rest of the world. Uh, and these aliens, the good facehugger, the rough and rowdy facehugger, um, uh, first evolving from an ovomorph and then. Hug in the face, and then after that, it becomes a chest burster and comes out of John Hurt and then runs around. One of the things that we see whenever it becomes a full, uh, like full-grown xenomorph, uh, is that it has this second mouth inside of its inside of its little face. It does which, a, uh, a very pops creepy out. second mouth? It's really fucked up. Yeah, it's not. It's super not great to look at. The thing is, is that uh, this actually does exist in the real world uh, in what are known as moray eels, and they actually have something called a pharyngeal jaw. So. Whenever they bite down on prey, they actually have this other jaw that will move forward on a series of specialized muscles and actually latch on to whatever organism it has in its mouth and then pull that deeper into the moray eel so that it can swallow it, which is actually really fucking terrifying. Um, and one of it the is. reasons why eels freak me out. Kenan, they are strange. Why would you tell me this thing This exists? <laughs> why would you do mm-hmm. this to me? The great thing is that you can find more eels in just your your regular ocean that you go to when you have fun at the beach. <laughs> just your regular ocean. Just, mm-hmm. You know, maybe the Atlantic or the Pacific. So when they munch down on your foot and they munch twice, you know exactly why. <laughs> it's whenever you feel that second penetration of your skin, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I know what I'm facing. You know, oh, yep, I thought today. I was just getting attacked by something normal, but it turns out it's a fucking moray eel alien. Hey, when your foot's in the ocean and... It hurts a lot. That's Amore. Like the song? <laughs> anyway, the other thing that the aliens do in this movie uh, is they have they have this thing uh, where on the facehuggers, they actually have this little spe- uh, specialized tentacle that we talked about where they kiss John Hurt, and then that tentacle goes down into his little tummy, uh, and then implants an egg. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cephalopods are really nasty animals uh octopi uh and some male octopi octopi actually have a specialized tentacle that kind of does this where they will actually use it to contain sperm uh during uh i guess you fucking call it intercourse uh (laughs) and then use it to deliver it to quote unquote intercourse (laughs) deliver it to the siphon of a female which is like on the side of the head of the female octopus um what yeah (laughs) Yeah, so they will actually like their vaginas are on their faces. Well, dude, I don't know why you're passing so much judgment on the octopi. It's They're a literally siphon. Like, I'm not judging. I'm expressing a pleasant surprise at the at the well at the sexual organ on the face. I don't know if you should call it pleasant surprise. Like, I think there's probably other ways that you could have said that. I'm sorry. Uh, I it was uh, it's uh, uh, intellectual curiosity at the. At the face. At the paleal cavity. I'm proud of you. Yeah, no, we got the, there. We got at the there. Cl- face, face cloaca. Either way, during oh. the copulation, they use a specialized tentacle that's known as a hectocotylus, uh, and they will lodge it into the paleal cavity of the female, depositing sperm. Mm. And some of these fucking octopi, like blanket octopi and argonaut octopi, the tentacle falls off of the male and stays there. Wow. I got to go change my pants. Yikes. <laughs> because you've pooped them because that's hey. terrifying yeah. to think about. I mean, whatever it takes to get it in, right? All righty. Whatever it oh, takes. This Listen, is too hot for I TV this over was, here. I thought this was a science podcast. <laughs> I did. So, I thought so too, Kenneth. I didn't think you were talking about fucking octopus fucking this whole time. That's literally science. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst part. It's of just smut. I mean, this is just smut. I think, I think that's what we're here to do is talk about the worst parts of science. Okay, right? that's, that's actually a good point. All jokes aside, it's fucking pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It's wild. face. It's, I would. It's, I would say okay. it's horrifyingly interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what alien is. The other. The other thing that um, is kind of interesting about xenomorph biology too is that if you go back and you look at all the other series, they have this weird thing that whenever a chestburster comes out of a specific organism, the xenomorph that comes out kind of adopts like weirdly the characteristics of whatever that organism is. Um, and you so in like classical uh i don't know relationships between organisms you would refer to this organism as like a parasitoid because it spends a lot not a lot of time inside of the host 
uh, and then bursts forth. And Xenomorph specifically, like if you put one in a dog, it comes out and it's kind of dog life like. Uh, and there's nothing like this, obviously, that happens in uh, our the, like the actual and actual nature. But different parasites will adopt different strategies in different intermediate hosts. So um, there are a couple of organisms, specifically things like uh, amphipods. I hope I said that right. You know, those boys, the trematodes. Amphipods. Um, that depending on what sort of intermediate host they infect, they will adopt different strategies on like how to survive within them. So this is the only corollary that I could find for a movie made up about a bullshit animal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kenneth, I didn't think you did so good. You did a pretty good job. Thanks. I tried. I found that all very, all very interesting and also slightly horrifying. I only watched half the movie. Speaking <laughs> speaking of slightly horrifying, Kenan, are you content with uh, educating us on the xenomorph species? Yes. I love you. Ah. <sighs> Thank you. I'm content as well. Excellent. Yeah, you are. Um, mm. But Sean, speaking <laughs> of speaking mm. of like of horrifying though, I I took mm. the liberty of uh, of learning about what I thought to be some of the most interesting, horrifying, disgusting, unsettling. I like this parasite host relationships. Oh, yeah. good, goody, please. Um, because that I'm is so after all. What we're dealing with 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 the aliens, you know, more of these are not parasitoid uh, per se. Uh, maybe some of them are, but um, I have three three prime examples of things that I think will make uh, your skin crawl. Pace. The first before one before you tell us, yeah. can you yes. tell the listeners what a parasite is, just in case they don't know? That's a good point. We should talk about yes. that. Yes. So bluntly put, a parasite is an organism that is going to invade a host. Um, and by, but this can mean like a lot of things. Uh, some parasites live in their hosts. Some parasites spend a very, very short amount of time in their hosts. Um, but either way, they are siphoning some sort of nutrient uh, mm-hmm. in order to sustain their own life from the host. Yeah, and something that we mentioned earlier, parasitoids, and that Pace mentioned again, uh, parasites do not kill their host, whereas parasitoids always kill their hosts right an important distinction Mm -hmm. uh hey it's just nature sean i mean you can't uh nature is absent of of rudeness or morality i don't know xenomorphs are not real so they can be rude wow wow that's true i will give you that one yeah yeah i wish you guys would just believe count it well no teach his own okay sorry pace go ahead with your parasitoid okay i'm just really excited to tell you guys about these really weird things the first one uh, it's called the tongue-eating louse. Hell yeah. This, so, that sounds awful. <laughs> well, this is just the beginning, Sean. <laughs> this is a, a small crustacean uh, that actually invades fish's gills. Um, and then once it gets in there, it gets up to uh, the red snapper, particularly, is the fish mm-hmm. that we're talking about here. and It, it begins to uh, suck the blood out of its tongue. But then once it's done that, the tongue gets all like kind of dry and shriveled and it falls off. Mm. Um, and so you then have a tongue stump, which I've never said before until now. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was the, sonically the la- pleasing to hear. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Um, the louse then attaches itself to the stump and then essentially becomes a makeshift tongue for the fish and stays there for its entire life life you and you said uh, a lot and now I, all i'm imagining is the lorax <laughs> it's a tiny lorax not what i'm trying to evoke here <laughs> that is not what i am imagining <laughs> well yeah and so there are these these bought these crazy images you can look you can google this shit uh of these fish that you open up and instead of a tongue they have literally what looks like a tiny little content like small crustacean just sitting there with their arms all curled up um, and he's just chilling as They're a so makeshift cute. tongue, oh. and it's very strange. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. They're so cute. Okay, that one, one down. I have two more to go that I really want to tell you guys about, and this is they only get worse. Oh, I'm good. Thinking. I'll strap in. Um, the the next one is called uh, the Lancet Liver Fluke, which oh, is basically God. this is a very very tiny tiny microorganism organism that is a brain uh, hijacking parasite. Um, Yes, and so there's a kind of a, a a cycle here that this thing goes through in order to reproduce. So, initially, what it's going to do, it's it starts off by uh, it, it lives in the bacteria of like 
farm grazing animals like sheeps and cows, mm-hmm. sheep and mm-hmm. cows. And mm-hmm. so whenever it gets shit out onto the ground, Yum. slugs eat it like snails. Snails will eat it. Mm-hmm. Then once the microorganism is inside the slime of the snail, it's going to make it an attract. It's going to chemically alter the slime to make it attractive for ants to eat. Ants will eat the decomposing snail. Okay. Now, once that happens, the it's the the microorganism goes up into the ant's brain and causes the ant to walk up all the way to the tops of blades of grass, mm-hmm. so that more cows and sheep will eat it, eat the ant, then thereby replacing itself inside the stomach of the grazing animal, mm. and then the cycle continues. It's a the circle of life. That's pretty cool. That <laughs> the circle a... of life. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. And it's Thank you, Sean. all right. Wow. That's very cool that there is a vor worm out there. Gross. There's a vor worm. Even worse. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So much worse. It's I, I hadn't thought about it in that context, but now I can only think about it in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so, Sean, this is going to be your favorite one. This last I one. can't wait. The last one was so good. <laughs> this one's even better. So this one is uh, is called the Kandiru or the vampire catfish. <laughs> That sounds, it reminds me of like a bunicula, but with like a fucking catfish that's just like. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for referencing bunicula on our podcast. I'm so proud of you right now. I just pictured like a catfish and like a little cape hanging upside down from the ceiling. But go, go ahead. Go ahead, face. I mean, that's, uh, that's already pretty good. We could stop there if you wanted to, but. Okay. Um, the, the. The vampire catfish, it likes, it's it's what's known as a type of urophilic life. In other words, it really likes urea and thus urine. Um, or at least it's attracted Nasty. to it. And the, it's biologically attracted to it because it, normally how it gets around is that, in, uh, like, like freshwater fish, which like secrete a small trail of urine out of their gills, it will go up into the gills and it will basically like latch onto the gills and suck blood from them, essentially is what it does mm. to stay alive. That's how it normally works, which is already pretty fun. But do you know what else secretes urine? Uh, every other animal. Specifically the well, your own, your own, Your own personal penis, Sean. Oh, no, not urine. mine. Not mine. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> not my penis. Yours. <laughs> Gross. And, and so what, what this thing will also do, if you're, you're never going to want to go in the ocean, it's fresh freshwater lake again oh, because so what this thing will also do it will it will climb up your urethra because it's attracted to um to don't pee in a lake just don't pee in a lake mm-hmm. i'll just leave it at that and so the th- well the thing is this thing it will climb up with climb up your urethra so then and it will then latch on inside and literally suck your I hope the next thing you're saying is that it climbs into my brain and fucking kills me because I don't want to. <laughs> almost, <deal> with... <laughs> almost. <laughs> okay. It's not that bad. Well, so that's only like one way that it gets up to your bladder. It's just through your urethra. Mm-hmm. It can also actually climb up your anus <laughs> and then go in from the other side because uh, it has these like sharp spines that dig into your flesh, and the thing can only be removed by minor surgery. And and these are present in 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 most freshwater bodies. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's. Is this I, a microorganism? Like, how big is this thing? They're pretty small. They're pretty. They're pretty small. Well, they have to be able to fit in your, your into your urethra, Sean. To, and, oh. and to be fair, to be fair, there is basically like only one or two documented cases of this ever happening. Yeah, but, but it could happen to you. But those two cases, I'm sure, were very. We're terrible. both Sean Cross. Oh man, that's fucking so rough. <laughs> that is so rough. That's a bad mm-hmm. scene. Oh, fun day, bad at, fun day at the lake. Yeah, my dick itches. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Get Great. ready. Get ready. It only gets worse. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Should we have done a fucking content warning for this? Because this is horrifying. <laughs> well, I, we can. I mean, I think that we... Oh, I'm looking at pictures of boxes. ...cover flies. most of the topics... At the beginning of things that you should be. You know what, of, guys? So. We absolutely need to go into the ratings. We should. Whoa. Okay, good. I'm glad we're here. Oh God, I have to close this Kenan, tab. Kenan, close Jesus the tab. Christ. Get out of there. Get out of there, man. Jesus. Oh. I never thought I'd miss the fucking urethra worm or whatever it is. 
The dick fish. The dick fish. Dick fish here. The vampire sound. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Who's gonna go locally, first? Hit me with ratings. You're not your nightly nautical news. Hey, we're in the ratings <laughs> right now, guys. We're in it. Okay. Burr, sorry, burr, sorry, burr. sorry. Did you hear the air horn? Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, I heard it. Can't we're here. Rap siren. Rap siren. Rap siren. Rate the first half of this fucking movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, the first half of this movie. Okay, so I have to do this on a 2.5 scale now because I only watched. No, half the just movie. rate the whole I thing. I was kidding. Right, so I'm gonna give the science of this movie a. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna give it a point seven five. Uh, out of 2.5. I actually didn't think it was the worst, but it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no science in this film. The only thing that is said are science words, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. They tried, though. Okay. They tried really hard. Entertainment? Uh, entertainment is very easy. It's fucking uh, 2.5 out of 2.5, easily. Wow. I fucking love this movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, Alien is good. Aliens is honestly my favorite in the series, but Alien is extremely good. Okay. Well, we'll have to do Aliens at some point on the show. Hell yeah. Pace, what do you think? Uh, For the science, I am going to give it a one out of five. Um, I thought the movie was science adjacent. It was very strong on the fiction aspects of science fiction um, to where there were robots Made of milk, made of milk and other organic material, mm. and there were there was molecular acid, which is also science adjacent. Mm-hmm. There's there was car, uh, there was carbon silicone, which is also science adjacent. It's all just science adjacent. So they tried, kind of, but it was also 1979, and the science the field of science fiction, sorry, the genre of science fiction was not really well established yet. To be honest, this was like a heavy hitter at the very beginning mm-hmm. and it was very good for that time, which leads me, leads me in the, to the entertainment. Well, I will give it a five out of five. It really captures a lot of the best elements of both science fiction and horror at the same time, especially with the camera work. It's done really well. Um, and I think it was very suspenseful. It latches onto you like the xenomorph to the innards of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well said. I, I, I agree. The camera work is like honestly some of my favorite. The camera, camera work, work in any movie. makes the movie actually good. Yeah. Like if yeah, you had agreed. shitty camera work, you would be like, "What's this dumb fucking rubber like suit xenomorph thing? Like this isn't scary." I really like the like the as like a period piece though. I have talked to several people who are around my dad's age, like when and, and you know watched this movie when it was fresh out the oven. My dad told me he watched this movie by himself, like in his dorm. Uh, at night, and he had trouble sleeping for like weeks. My, because you know, wow, really? That's interesting yeah. you bring that up because my dad actually sent us a message on Facebook, and I didn't realize this, but apparently, when him and my mom were in high school, their like one of their first dates was like going to see Alien in theaters. Oh man, and they that's said great. it was fucking intense. <laughs> so hell yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, I so it. I'm gonna rate it now. Okay, do it. I'm going to do the same thing that pasted. I'm going to give it a one out of five because wow, I think like copycat. it was more science uh, for the science, not for the entertainment, for the science. Because I think, mm-hmm. again, what Pace said, science adjacent, there are science terms, it's sci-fi, but they don't really nail any of the details, which is fine because for entertainment, I am also going to give it a five out of five. And I think that means a lot coming from me because I'm not a big horror movie guy, but it's mm-hmm. fucking really good. So it was scary. Yeah. Hell very yeah. well done. I was spooked. Yeah, it was very spooked. Done movie. spooked. Hell yeah. I feel I guys I feel good about these ratings. I think these were good ratings that the good those rough boys deserved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were so rough. Was... They were so rough though. Except for it's on its head, which was a remarkably smooth, long sort of uh, oblong shape. Mm-hmm. Right? It was very smooth. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Like a like a really big football helmet. Like a really big football helmet. Yeah. The perfect organism. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do we have any mm-hmm. questions? <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, can you guys stop that? The The mm-hmm. first one yeah. is is <laughs> one that we um, we actually received regarding um, Bubble Boy, which we don't have to do. No, if we you guys have to. Don't we are ashamed. It's about Bubble Boy. Um, this one comes from um, uh, Curtis Ryan DeGraw at Abnormal Mormon on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of the what's podcast. What's the process? For, yeah, friend of the podcast, absolutely. 
uh, Curtis. What the the question that he asks is, what's the process like for researching autoimmune disease cures? What's the hardest part about researching them? How loudly should we be telling people to vaccinate their kids? Mm, I think we can answer the the last one pretty pretty easily. We can, um, we can. We you you should vaccinate your kids. You should you vaccinate sh- your kids. You should do it. And There's you should no evidence yes. for any negative effects of doing this. So um, you should just vaccinate your kids. I think also, we can leave that one as is. If you if you are ever involved in a conversation with somebody who does not want to vaccinate their kids, don't be dicks. Show them the science. Yes. Yes. Because that's not how you solve any problems by being a huge asshole. It's not. It's not. We've put a lot of work into, uh, you know, f- developing what are effectively cures for all these deadly diseases, uh, which are somehow springing up again in the world mm. around us. It's crazy. You know, I, you guys, I, yeah. There was actually a measles outbreak at UF. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Great. Wait, UF? Yeah, UF. Yeah, at UF. They were like, oh, cool. yeah, someone has measles. I'm like, cool. I got vaccinated. Good. <laughs> but, I mean. Good. You know. That's one of the oldest, most established vaccine vaccine regimens that exists. Yes. Yeah. In in, in modern medical science. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler MMR. Alert. Oh my goodness. But anyways, <laughs> yes, you should get vaccinated. Your kids should get vaccinated. I feel like like a vaccine. When I think of vaccines, it's sort of like if you went back in time to like a family on a road trip who was completely lost. Like they're they were driving across country and there was a lot of construction and they got completely lost and you just gave them a smartphone and was like, here, here's a GPS. You can get where you're going now. That's what a vaccine is for diseases. Like someone yeah. just came up to you and was like, hey, yeah. you know all this shit? You just don't have, to, don't have to worry about it right now. It's great. It's fucking gone. Yeah, it's fucking gone. Yes. Don't worry about it. So And, and, and yeah. the other the other reason like to, to be very serious about this is that of the large... Discussion surrounding vaccines originally start originally started when a scientist described a study that they did where they correlated vaccines with autism. That fucking blew up, and all of that, all of those studies were retracted. Every bit of it was reviled by the oh, scientific yeah, they, community as inaccurate, yeah. as retracted, and yet it still persists. So there is no evidence. I'm sorry. It's true. Aside from researching autoimmune diseases, I got to be honest. I don't work on autoimmune diseases in the slightest. Well, <laughs> I think that Ken and I were discussing this earlier, and I think one of the toughest parts about studying any disease is that obviously you can't study it in humans, mm-hmm. right? So you need a model. Mm-hmm. And by a model, we mean uh, a, a way of replicating the disease-like state that you can then use to test interventions. Right. And so I would assume that for an autoimmune disease, you're probably going to want to get like some form of animal model to... to mm-hmm. To replicate it, yeah, you d- the tough part yeah. is just really, really, just really quick. The tough part is just is it depends on a the autoimmune disease that you're trying to cure, but sure. is is which aspect of the immune system do you modify in an animal to recreate an autoimmune disease? Right, right. that's sometimes the hardest part. And then uh, piggybacking off of that, the translatability from whatever you are studying to into humans. So there's always going to be a jump from typically when you're doing clinical research, you jump from mice or something similar to non-human primates and then to people. So the translatability is a really big thing, too, because what you may be able to cure in mice, which we've basically fucking cured everything in mice, (laughs) doesn't always translate over to primates in general. Yeah. I mean, it's also... Depends on a lot of the times the way autoimmune diseases are treated now is they're just symptomatically treated like celiac disease is an autoimmune disease because you're Mm. so celiacs is basically when you have gluten in your diet, it goes into your intestinal cells and then your own immune system recognizes the gluten as something bad and it destroys your um, uh, your own intestinal cells, your immune system attacks you. And that is an autoimmune disease, but even though, like, mm-hmm. yes, there's a lot of research into it, and it's, you know, interesting as to why it comes up, you know, if you don't have gluten in your diet, you're not going to get a reaction. So sometimes some of these autoimmune diseases, they aren't studied as in-depth mechanistically because there is a intervention you can do that's going to be a pretty effective treatment. But that's a special case. So mm-hmm. do we have any other questions? Oh, thanks for your question, friend of the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Merman. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, we actually have another question from Anthony Martinez. Uh, that was We actually fucking missed like a bunch of idiots, but uh, Anthony sent us a question a while back that said, 
Hey, Real Science Boys. There's a zombie trope that zombies are unable to consume anything except human flesh. They will often attempt to eat something and either consume it, but be unable to digest it, or they will spit it out from disgust. Two best examples are from the Santa Clarita Diet and Tokyo Ghoul. Is there anything that would cause somebody to be unable to eat or digest foods that are not actually harmful to your body? Keep up the great podcast. I love you very much, and everyone that I know should give the Science Boys all of their money. Anthony. Wow, thanks, Anthony. The last part that he added was was definitely unnecessary, I would I would say, but it was very sweet. In any mm. case, well, you guys you mind know, if I take this fans. one since I worked on taste research for oh you know, taste for... taste man to the rescue. Tell us about taste. This Tell is us the only the good, time good I get mouth. to use my PhD research for anything. So <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, okay. Talk about the mouth. As far as taste goes. Uh, you can basically develop a taste aversion to anything with like proper conditioning um, because it's really just an association between like a positive or a negative response in your brain. So like a good example is a lot of people have drank a certain type of alcohol that they can no longer bear the smell or taste of because they vomited horribly after drinking too much of it. That is a taste aversion. So... Mm. Basically, it's just the association that your brain has with, like, the positive or negative qualities of whatever you're tasting. So, for zombies, you know, if their brain thinks that anything that is not flesh is bad, then they will not want to eat it, and they might throw it up or something like that. As far as digesting, I think once you get past the stomach and you're into, like, you're, like, really far into your intestines, not just at the entrance, but, like, actually in your intestines, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, if I swallowed, like, a bunch of, you know, pennies, I wouldn't digest them, but I can't get rid of them. They're just going to come through the other end. So I don't know how zombies work digestive-wise, but mm-hmm. <laughs> once something's in them, I mean, it's going to be in their body, so. I was going to say, at that, at that point, you're getting into the question of how do how does zombies digestive system work do zombies and poop do zombies poop i though? believe zombies do poop do Kenan, you're just making they? shit up you don't know what the fuck you're talking no. about no sean zombies are making shit up <laughs> oh nice they, they are eating organic matter thank you right so it would have to go somewhere it can't just sit in them mm-hmm so they, it would have to be excreted, Sean. The, 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 the organic matter would have to be shot out. I have a theory that zombies operate at 100% efficiency and all of that organic matter, except for a single nug, is converted into running energy. So it's a very small poop. Hey, so they can eat a whole person. A, a snug. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Well, Sean, you don't study zombies now, do you? <laughs> You, you got, study the mouth. You got me there. Only the CDC. You're a mouthologist. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Cool. Do we want to? Do, do we want? Do we have any more questions? Actually, we do have a question from my father, Jack Crossan. We answered one of his questions. Uh, he was asking about the acidic blood of the uh, face huggers. I think we covered that. But his second question was. What is the deal with the artificial gravity on the space station? <laughs> and I think this merits a pretty short answer. Thanks for the question, friend of the show, yeah. Jack Crossan. Uh, I don't know. They don't go into it, and it seems like they just kind of needed gravity, so they were just like, we'll just have gravity and not talk about it. <laughs> I actually can really appreciate that from the aspect of a science fiction movie. Like, very much, like, if there's a thing that you just fucking need because you need it there, and it's not completely unbelievable or at least you could just do it and you could get away with it and maybe the audience doesn't notice don't fucking explain it i just don't i mean i'll be honest i didn't even think about it the whole time yeah so it's kind of funny like, like they do take off from the planet's surface and stuff but they just like are just sitting in seats and then they just stand yep. up once they're yeah. in orbit yeah. so <laughs> it's cash it's a good point i didn't really think of it but yeah they just don't address it but thank you for your question i love it um thank you very much is that it? That we is do all the questions. That is it. We need to acknowledge some fucking people. Hell yeah, we do. We need to acknowledge two people in particular, and then we need to talk about what movie we're going to watch next. I think out of everyone who does this podcast, that there is a specific boy with nice hair uh, who should acknowledge the two people who have decided to give us their their money very foolishly. <laughs> well, thanks, Kenan. Oh, so- oh, <laughs> Sean. 
Oh. Would you would you like would you like to acknowledge these people? No, 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 that's fine. Know, I guess not... my hair is not up to snuff for acknowledging people. So <laughs> I said he has nice hair. You have you just have good hair. Can you just chill? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really Whoa. like super attached to either Fucking of these people, but I guess I can go ahead and do it. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Base. I'll cut that out. Don't worry. I'll cut it out. Thanks. Yeah. Can you no, cut you out can, the part can, of you can, dunking can... on my fucking hair? Sean, please let Pace talk. Pace, go ahead. You I'm can... sorry. You can keep it in, Kenneth. The um, that's what she the said. The people that we need to <laughs> acknowledge are. <laughs> Sorry. I'm having a hard time shaking that one for some reason. Oh, I feel like I wow. took one d4 psychic damage from that. <laughs> oh my god! More like more like two d10. Oh jeez. Oh, how much did I take? Did I you just roll for three, me? So I rolled a three on a d20. So you guys are actually pretty good. All right, I guess I took three second damage. I only have four to spare, though. Um, That's fair. So we are going to acknowledge Lauren Pace, uh, my wife, and Patrick O'Neill, my brother-in-law, for being foolish enough to become patrons of the Real Science cast. Hell yeah. And donate to our cause to bring you the best and goofiest uh, science-adjacent content as it relates to film and media to your ears like the movies thank you, so thank you. yes thank you guys and like the movies we cover our material is also science adjacent <laughs> <laughs> that's a strong word and generous word for it thank that's you very true. Right. i actually I, I believe oh, oh i was gonna say i oh, have I'm a so... third person that i want to acknowledge what uh my cousin Teresa welly suggested that we watch the movie alien and she is a listener oh. of the show and i wanted to just give her a shout out hell yeah thank, thank you, you Sean's so thanks Teresa. I think one of our new Patreon subscribers suggested a movie. If we if we could also give that a mm. sick announcement, I'm very excited to do this movie. <laughs> Great, me too. Pace. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you want me to do it? Oh yeah, of course. Um. Okay, we're gonna watch Zodiac. Hmm. <laughs> the documentary on Ted Cruz. That's not what that is. That's. Is there? Is that thing? No, hold, pace, stay focused. You got it. You're stay so focused. close. Okay, okay. All right. We're gonna watch Zodiac, which uh, is a is a um, a crime movie mm-hmm. that stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr. We have to watch another Jake Gyllenhaal film. Let's hope this one's less <laughs> less to. racist. Uh, and we're going to use this as a launch pad to talk about the science of. Don't don't put words in my mouth, you criminal. <laughs> Until we're going to talk about astrology mm-hmm. is what we're going to do. And any sort of maybe science things that might be related to the ideas that go into the belief system that is astrology, a similar belief system as one might find in, like, I don't know, Scientology or yeah. like um, the Briggs Meyer test, I, ve- veganism. Okay, um, who cursed us with this film, Pace? Who did this to us? Who the fuck do you think did? It's my wife. Oh my god, <laughs> not Lauren, <laughs> not Lauren Pace, our patron like and beloved fan. <laughs> so, we will be doing this for our next episode, um, which probably won't air because there won't be any science. So wow. <laughs> You can skip to a month from now whenever we will be releasing our episode on uh, Johnny Tsunami. Yep. (laughs) And uh, at that point, that'll have more science in it than uh, Zodiac. Wow. Don't worry. Um, Don't worry, Pace. I'll cut that out, too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm being a dick needlessly. Uh, Please stop me before I keep being mean. Okay. We're going to stop. Lauren, (laughs) thanks for the suggestion. Um, uh, Otis Mc... Donald, what's his name? You did it. Very Otis, good. I Otis almost McDonald, said Otis thank you for the use. <laughs> thank you, Otis Spunkmeyer, for the use of the song Third Eye Blimp as our intro and outro. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, contact us mm-hmm. at Real Science Cast on Twitter, Real Science Cast on Facebook, uh, realsciencecast at gmail.com. You can send us questions about anything science related, science adjacent. You can ask us about our lives as scientists and um if you would like to help us out even further you can go to itunes and leave us a five-star review it helps us gain visibility within the podcasts app and find new listeners to consume our content absolutely and you can also do us a big favor and tell a friend 
If you listen to the podcast and you like the podcast and you write in and you think that we're very funny and handsome, then please tell someone that you know <laughs> to listen to our good, good voices talk about good, good science and bad, bad movies. Okay, yeah. it's. I feel like we're really turning into... I'm glad we did Alien because we were so close to just becoming a bad movie podcast. Yeah, we were very <laughs> yeah, close. We, yeah. Yes. Very close to just being the flop house. Yeah. Uh, except less talented. Yeah, and true. And but less attractive. More attractive. Whoa. Okay. I'm looking well, at I'm looking at Ken and James Kenan Smith over here and he just got his haircut and he's looking good. Mm, mm, but we should we go. Enough slick. of this. Enough of this. We, we are all very attractive. You're, you're not wrong. All right, yeah, fine. We'll we'll end we'll end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Uh and write us um write us in and we'll answer your questions. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Carlson. I'm Michael Pace. <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> Michael Pace. <laughs> You're like a Pokemon. (laughs) And remember, guys, you don't need good science to make a good movie. But it's good when it's good. Join us for Zodiac next time. (laughs) I'm an Aquarius. How's your mic smell? Hold on, wait. Actually, let me do an actual sniff. Ooh. Hold on. My mic... Hey, can, can we not? My mic kind of smells like new wallpaper. Oh, hold on. Let me... Wow. What does your smell like? Um. Can we Can we fucking make a show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to know... Wait, is this not good content? I don't like. understand. <laughs> My mic doesn't smell like anything. It literally, I didn't smell a single thing. It's almost like it's made of anti-smell. Yes. What does your mic smell like? Hmm. I went around to the backside and it doesn't smell like wallpaper. Nice. Are you getting a good sniff in there? It smells like adhesive. Oh. Oh. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Maybe a little plastic.